Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Good morning, everyone. So, sister, three helpings. Today is really exciting and emotional. If you've been on this journey with us, you know why. Ah, I can't cry in this church. It's not possible. Anyways, um, <laughs> hey, stop it. <laughs> so, um, I'm told to share my tribe story. And uh, I think Makachi literally was in my head this morning when I was thinking about it. So, from the, from the mouth of two witnesses, it means that there's something going on here. A couple of years ago, I was dealing with a lot, literally. Um, you know, when you have one of those chaotic lifestyles. And like Makachi said, you're born into a Christian home. But then there's just that one thing that was missing. There was a void that I felt like I needed to fill. We've been fasting since we're five. We know the Lord. In quotes, my mom is an intercessor, you know. It's just, you come from that house where you have been buying demons since God knows how long. But there was just something that I felt like was missing. There was something that I knew. There was more that I needed to find. And um, I wasn't getting it anywhere else. I wasn't getting it in the mainstream church. I wasn't getting it in, you know, just the places that I found myself in at that time. And unfortunately, my life kind of like went down from where it was. So the, the void became bigger. And then um, I kept getting these messages on Instagram by some uncle, Fedi, saying, come for coffee and conversation. First one I didn't answer, the second one I said, <laughs> I, I'm coming, but I didn't show. But the third one, for some strange reason, I went. It was at meet at the time. And we were about 20 or 21, we're not more than 20. And in my mind, I'm thinking this on serious people, on a Sunday. You guys are here eating coffee and drinking. I'll be drinking coffee and just talking. You know, you're supposed to be in church. Um, but I, when I walked in, and after that experience, something shifted. I felt something different. I knew that there was something here that I needed to find. I needed to dig deeper. And um, that changed everything. It wasn't mainstream church. It was just a bunch of 21 hungry people for God. People who were seeking for more. People who wanted more. I woke up this morning and I was reading Psalm 91, just the first verse, and it says, um, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And for the first time today, it dawned on me that it says secret place. It's not a place that is found in the market. You don't just stumble on it. You have to be invited or told. It's not a place that you just walk by and you just say, I make I just enter this place. No. It's a place that the Most High tells you, come. And every time I stepped into the tribe assembly, I was invited to come. Every time. It was different. It was as if I walked into where God was and I could literally feel God's presence in front of me. It wasn't the God that I knew to be far away anymore. It wasn't the God that I just had to pray for when I needed a job or a car or a husband or money. 
it was the God that became not just that God, but then a father and a friend. Because I was now invited to the secret place. And you know the beauty about the secret place is, <laughs> you cannot come into the secret place of God and not live transformed. Every time I entered that secret place in this community, something dropped and something new was birthed. Because the glory of God is that powerful that when you come into that secret place and you stay, the beauty of that verse is you dwell. You don't pass by. So you got to keep coming back. And every time I kept coming back, the glory of God did something that transformed me. It changed everything. And that secret place started here at the tribe. I've been a Christian all my life. I'm 31. <laughs> well, soon. But January is my birthday. I just, once it's the new year, is my birthday. So just leave it. But I didn't realize all of this until three years ago. Until three years ago. Simply because God sent some group of people who obeyed him, took a mantle, made sacrifices, and created this house. And everything changed. I was dealing with so much frustration and pain and condemnation and shame and all those things. And I found that every time I came into this community, not just because of the word that was preached, which was important, or the prayers that was prayed, which was great, but because of the people, the people who were an extension of God's love to me, everything changed. I'm not the already of three years ago. I'm not because people took a chance with me in this house. The first time I preached a sermon was in this house. And now I'm preaching sermons to God knows how many people. Everything changed because some people decided to truly show what the love of God is. A love that changes, a love that transforms. So I'm grateful today and I'm a bit emotional because there's no way that I will say my story that the tribe will not be a part of it. It was the foundation for everything you see today. The foundation for ministry, the foundation for all the many travelings I'm doing started because of this community, because of these people. So when you come here every Sunday, don't think it's just a religious activity. Come and dwell. It might not happen the first week. It might not happen the second week. It might not happen the third week. But give God a chance. Allow him. Dwell. I learned something very important at the tribe. Before I came here, every time I dealt with sin or pain or shame or one of those things, I would run away and hide from God. I would feel like, you know what? This thing is too great for God to handle. But when I got here and I began to learn the message of, I think that first we were, to, we're dealing with identity. We began to learn the message of who I was in Christ. And that God loved me. And Pastor Fetty says it every time. And I had to start thinking about it. And it started becoming a part of my DNA. I realized that that made it possible for me to be vulnerable enough not to run away. 
but to come. So when I'm faced with a sin or a failure or something that should bring me shame, I learned here that I don't turn away. Because when I come into the secret place and dwell, I abide in the shadow. The shadow covers me. It protects me. It changes me. It removes the bad and makes new. So I come. And then my life is transformed. The greatest testimony of us being Christians is the power of transformation. Cancer is great to be healed. Diabetes is great to be healed. But a life that is truly transformed, spirit, soul, and body. Scientists, you guys are scientists now. It shows that what happens in your thoughts, your mind, affects your physical self. So a life that is genuinely transformed because of God's love changes everything. And I'm grateful for the tribe, guys. I might not be here as often. And we've had a lot of my best friend over there. <laughs> my second best friend over here. Ah, I can't fight this to be for sure. But it's all love. Well, we've had a lot of journeying in the last three years. But we are grateful to God for being... I can't even run away. Literally, I can't run away. Like, technically, I can't run away. <laughs> so thank you to the tribe. I'm just going to do something under obedience this morning. We're going to pray for the leaders of this house. Guys, it's not easy to run ministry. Are you people? Oh, God. This moment I'm doing, every morning I'm... Da, 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 you know, but it's not easy to take a mantle that God has given you and run with it. Because I, we have our own issues. There are things in our lives that we need to sort out. But we leave it all behind. And we take the cross for everybody else. It comes with attacks. It comes with sacrifices. It comes with so many things that you have to leave down at the master's feet so that you can do his assignment so we're going to pray for the leaders of this house this morning if you have ever been a leader at the tribe please stand up wherever you are wherever you are if you've led starting from pastor Fedi, i thought lily would be here this morning but she's not iveren eloho nana somto if you've ever taken the position in this church i know what it's like i'm behind the scenes it's not easy Where's Esther? Esther, Marco, Marf, Sunasis, Chiamakemi. If you've led any part of this church in the last three years, even if you're not a leader right now, as long as you've been in a position of leadership before at the tribe, please stand. And if you're standing beside them, please just stretch your hands and touch them. And just pray over these ones. When God gives anyone an assignment, there's a lot of refining that goes on in that person that is not easy. There's a lot of sacrifices that has to be made. Pray for them like you would pray for yourself if you were in a leadership position. Grace, wisdom, understanding, knowledge. The ability to stay. You know how many times I'm sure Fedi has, tried, has thought about shutting this thing down. But we just keep going every day. We keep going. When we celebrated year one, we're like, wow, we've crossed this hurdle. And then year two came. Now we're in year three. We're just 20 when this thing started. Look at the room. There's no space for people to sit. Bless your leaders. The ones that have been, the ones that are, and the ones that are yet to come. That this mantle and this touch will not die. Because if it's changed me, 
There's so many other people that this place will change. And that God will always refill the lives of these ones who have decided to sacrifice themselves for this assignment. And us who are the followers, God will give us the grace to be understanding of these ones, to be supportive, to be loving and kind. There's something in this house, guys. There's so much in this house. We have not, we've not even started scratching the surface to what the Lord has shown about the tribe. And this mantle will not die. No matter the confusion or chaos that comes, it's just for a season. This mantle will not die. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for this house I call home. I thank you for every soul that is responsible for holding this home together. I thank you because you've been faithful to us as a family through the, the tough times, through the difficulty, you've stayed with us. And every day we wake up to something new in you. Lord, I thank you for this house. I bless you for the leaders, Fedi and his family, Foy and his family, Ife and his family, just everyone who is in some sort of leadership position right now that is carrying this mantle. Lord, I thank you for them. Without these ones, I wouldn't be standing here so many other people in this room as well will not be standing where they are. So we are thankful for the tribe. Thank you, Jesus, because we know that you are with us every step of the way. In Jesus' name. Happy anniversary, and this is my tribe story. Thank you so much. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to church. Good to see your faces. All right. Um, you know, when we started three years ago, we didn't set out to do church, actually. So we didn't register tribe until eight months after. And I sensed that if God had told me this would be church, I don't think I would have picked it up. There was a sense that things were concealed. And we started a series called Coffee and Conversation. It was meant to be a four-part series. But after four parts of Coffee and Conversation, we got stuck. Um, great worship. We always had... France, Nana, Seal. Every day God was adding to us such as was saved. Right? And we would enjoy worship. But here is something I kind of learned. Um, every Sunday after church, I'll meet with somebody and then we'll have like this counseling session. I wouldn't have called it counseling session at the time. I would just know somebody would say, please, can I have a word with you? Our girls and the person would tell me, I haven't been to church for three years. I'm like, you too. Like, and they'll say, yes, yes, yes. And, um, once or twice, I mean, there was this person that told me she hadn't called her dad for about 10 years. I'm like, he lives in Lagos. Yes, he lives in Lagos. You haven't called, you haven't seen. Yes. So, and it was as though everybody had a story that they were coming away from. The story of brokenness, of loss, of pain, of mistrust, of fear. Now, here is the collateral damage. Is that sometimes when people come with, a, with fear and mistrust and they meet you in community, you get to journey with them with that mistrust before the healing starts. Sometimes you get into a place where you might even be injured yourself. 
and it's not, a, it's not that they deliberately try to injure you, but it's just part of doing life. And, um, and then we start to heal. So at some point, tribe became a difficult journey for me, right? One, I didn't know how choleric I was, honestly. I didn't know how choleric I was until we started tribe. I didn't know how choleric I was. I just knew my patients were being tried at every turn. Some Sundays after church, I quit. Honestly, quite a few times. On Monday, you're up again. Yes, that. Like, I can't do this. I, I'm done. Right? I, honestly, I can't tell you the number of times I get. And then you go back and God is telling you that this is the work. This is the journey. And there is grace for another day. Um, but I didn't know. Sometimes I always interpret, you guys are wounding me. But I, sometimes I was doing the wounding without being deliberate. Right? Again, in the way that, why are you scattering it? So, my sense of, I always had a sense that things should follow, that, yeah, there should be an order, but yet I don't like planning things too much because if you plan it too much, you, it could go wrong, right? My point, so there was this sense that people wanted structure and I was very averse to structure, yet I wanted something to work like this, you know, so it was tough. But here's something else that I discovered in course of the tribe. I started to realize how much God will not give up on us. Right? God will not give up on us. And each time I come to a point where I'll say, this one the devil can have. Sorry, I didn't say that. Like, it, it, when you get to the point where you're like, I'm going after nobody. Right? I'm not the one apologizing now. And so I deserve to be apologized to. I was, I should be mis I was misunderstood. Like, those words were just coming and coming. But the point is, God has put us here to learn. And, you know, I grew up not having a very positive frame of reference when it comes to family life. Because I literally, I, I used to tell then that I grew up in a war zone. So it was this difficult marriage. My parents were separated and they'll come back. You know, families that mean, they mean well, they'll come and say, it's not possible. You guys come together. But as a child, I remember in either SM, maybe primary five, I would literally sit in school and I would have this traumatic, I, like my mind, I was being traumatized that if I get home, I'll meet a black Maria and an ambulance. One person was being taken to the mortuary. Another person was being taken to jail. Like, that was... Because the threat was like, you, I will kill you. You will be dead by the time I show you. Love had gone out of the window. Everything else had replaced. It wasn't just... So I grew up feeling like marriage is not for us. That this thing was not all they cracked it up to be. That honestly, everyone was playing pretend. Like, that was what I could say to myself at the back of my mind. Like, let's, let's face it. Behind closed doors, we don't know what's going on. It could very well be like ours, right? There was this particular day, a group of friends followed me home from school. They just agreed that day that everybody must visit everybody. I was like, I'm not part of this plan. They said, everybody's part of it. Then this particular day was my turn. I tried to talk them out of it. They would not agree. We shall got home. Just walking through the door, I recognized my mother's sneaker. Now this particular red shirt, when my mother is wearing it, it was time for war. This was the fighting shot when she said, I'm coming. And she goes in. And when she comes, so when I saw that, my, everything within me, I was like, guys, we need to choose another date. We need to choose another date, you know. But these guys didn't code. Because my mom, my mom, I, my mom will not tell you I love you. But there are ways she shows it. So when she saw it, she was like, oh, you should have known. But welcome, guys. Um, not a good time. But for, okay. She called me and said, why are your friends here today? I was like, they chose it. I couldn't help it. You know? And then before long, I heard a shout from the kitchen. They fled. 
and ran after the other. In fact, they ran for their life because they didn't know what was going on. I remember the next day in school, I was not willing to talk to anybody because the way I stonewalled, I feel that you're going, I'll just like blank you. Like, so I was blanking everything. I remember there was this one that came to me and he just tapped me. He was like, my mom has a red shirt too. And we busted out laughing, right? And then he told me about the Taekwondo and everything that was going on. Now, it wasn't some, I don't know how it became a story you can tell because watching such horror wasn't something, but that guy brought therapy. Just talking about the Taekwondo story and, and all the things that played out. So, but I realized God started to heal my ideas of marriage, even with the tribe. And just knowing that somehow what we pick up from culture, the broken lens, the broken realities, the broken stories, is not all there is. There is redemption in God. And that is the beauty of the life we've been called to live. God gives us no precondition to come to him or to come for us, but he doesn't leave us the same way. So my story and my, my, my joy for us is sometimes don't focus on what God needs to change in you. Focus on knowing and growing in him because those things tend to fall off without your contribution. You just wake up one day, the anger is gone, the pain is gone, the frustrations are things of the past, right? So this morning, the next song, Judah, the next song we're doing is Walking His Promise and I think it's more than a song. It's a prayer. It's a prayer because um, we want to walk in the promise of God. We want to walk in the fullness of God. We want to work in the life of God, right? Um, as you listen to this, make it a prayer for us as a tribe that his glory be fully revealed in us, that the walls of comfort and confinement that we set for ourselves will shake, and that the concepts of God that are not at adequate for him in our lives that have limited us will break, that you will see God the way he wants to be seen, and you see yourself through the eyes of God the way he wants you have to be known. That is the eyes of God that defines us. You know, when we talk about charisma, it's not what you believe about God that is so important in your life. The very fact of what he has believed about you, that you're worthy of the sacrifice, that you're worthy of his love, you're worthy of his affection. He didn't choose to stay in heaven all by himself. He came for us. Salvation is not your idea, it's his idea. You know, everybody, in every religion, they believe in a higher power. They say, have faith in a higher power. But in Christ, he chose to have faith in us. He supplied us the power to respond to him. You and I are a beneficiary of a grace that is so scandalous, we can't wrap our mind around it. So I don't care what your ideas of God was, here at the tribe, we introduce you to a God that is your father. The maker is your lover. And he's the lover of the human race. Amen. Good morning, everybody. My name is Lilia Dumefe. AKA Mommy Gio. No, never, never Mommy Gio. Please, we're trying to kill that name. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the pioneers of the tribe, Lagos, and I picked out a dress this morning and I realized, oh, this is the exact dress I wore at our first service. And I thought, okay, I can't wear this anymore. But yeah, <laughs> but I just, it brought back so many memories. I remember when we walked into Mint, the night before we had been there to speak with the manager and look around to see how we could arrange the place. And we agreed on a pattern and we got there and I remember that it was exactly how we left it they hadn't touched anything they hadn't arranged anything for us thankfully we got there like an hour earlier we planned to just pray until uh the time of service but then jackets went off skirts went up and then you know we started picking tables picking chairs and then just getting the place together uh, and my friends and nana came for a, for a, i think did you sleep in my house the night before? 
for he just seemed to be everywhere I turned. I remember he was just, you know, at every corner, just looking, how can I help? What can I do? How can I help? Speaking in tongues, you know, <laughs> he was just there, so supportive. Iverian walked in that day. Let me see who else came. The law came the, the week after, right? No, the first day. Okay, I like, look at the first day, sorry. And then she came and she said, what can I help with? And then I think they were our first two volunteers and they are still here. God is so good. God is so good. Yeah, so I guess we're doing something right. And I saw Nana just now. Where is she? Yeah, I am so happy to see you. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you too. But um, the journey for the, at the tribe for me in the last three years has been very interesting, very exciting, at times very painful. But all in all, God has been so glorious in every, in every element of the story. Leading at the tribe hasn't been easy. And I don't know if every leader can attest to this, maybe not just even in church, at work, as a mother or father at home. But leadership is, it can be challenging. It has its rewards. It's seeing people grow, seeing people also come up to lead, seeing people come into their own. But then um, it's challenging, like Freddie was saying, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, no, I'm the one that should be apologized. I'm the one that's been hurt here. But then truth is that people hardly see. You know, in your office, it's easier to make excuse for your God that he's human. Some things at your, your best, though, you can make an excuse, actually, and say, you know, they are humans even on their worst days. But in church, everybody expects this perfection. Like, I mean, you know Jesus. You're the Holy Spirit's younger sister. Why can't you pull it together? You know, why are you offended? Why are you angry? Why are you, you know... And so many times I've, I felt like I was robbed of that element, of that right to be human, of that right to just be myself even. So many expectations, you know, it's harder for you to make a mistake and then be forgiven. You can, okay. You know, it, it, it was so hard. And so they're like, you know, I'm going to be my worst self and then you, you see if you can forgive me. If I have to forgive you every day. But then, thankfully, those days have been, too, have, been, have been very far between. And God has been merciful to forgive me and not leave me in my consequences. But um, all in all, it's been so much growth. It's been so much growth. Leading here and leading anywhere, in fact, Freddie will tell you, I'm like the opposite of Freddie, so we sort of balance out. You know, he's very innovative oh let's go pioneer let's do it and i'm the one i'm risk averse i'm counting every number you know everything that could go wrong i'm the one able to tell you know the error to that degree but then we balance each other out so <laughs> for me leading was something that i'm i was naturally averse to because i thought you know i'm the one who who pretty much could sit down and tell you every reason why this person can't be a leader or every reason or in all the, all the ways this person would fail as a leader or anything, you know, I'm very, very, very analytical and I'm very good at it. So putting myself up there, I never quite could say, oh, Lily, this is how you're going to perform, this is how you're going to do. I just had to go blindly and trust God. I just had to answer. I just had to believe. I just had to have faith in Freddie and in myself. And in many ways, like I said, it's been a journey of growth. God has grown me. Being a leader here has, has also taught me to be a leader in many other places, has helped me stand up to many other calls to leadership. Uh, it's opened my heart to many people. I've also, I was also not a very um, open person. While I'm very friendly, I'm, I could be very sanguine, I'm also very melodramatic, so I'm very sensitive. And so I protect my space. I just like my space to be me, you know, 
but then at the tribe here freddie really has almost has had has no walls and so it's like everybody is in and out of my space and so i had to adjust and grow quickly she bites yes and i had to grow through it all i had to keep smiling and i just had to keep leading uh besides that sad story <laughs> It's been it's been it's been great at the tribe. I'm really proud of what we have with the tribes women. It started as a, <laughs> a yes 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 clap for yourselves. Well done because it started. I'm at one of our first meetings. It started as a very shaky community. Women came and they were very open and honest to say, it's hard to trust other women. It's hard to trust church community. Like Freddie said, many people have been hurt in varying degrees. But I'm so proud of what we've been able to pull together. Women who truly. Women who truly are there for each other. Women who truly are there for each other, who really pull each other up, who've been there for me as well and my family. Uh, I'm proud of the tribesmen. <laughs> this must be carryover from the pregnancy hormones. Uh, this is not me, I don't cry. So, um, we have real life communities here. And they are not perfect, but we are doing it. We are brave. And it's a long shot from where we came from, where we couldn't even trust. We couldn't even believe to put these things together. I'm so proud of you guys. Uh, keep being genuine. Keep being honest. Keep loving and doing life together. This is what God wants from us. And this is how we get better. I'm going to hand the mic over now before I... All Let's right. put your hands together for Lily. Uh, before I go, I have one more assignment. Oh, so do. I'm supposed to call... On stage, Franz and Nana. You have to keep clapping, please. It's so good to see you guys. Happy anniversary. So good to see you, Lily. So good to see you. So good to see you. Please, can I just say, everybody say, it's so good to see you. Like, like, so good to I, see please, you. Before it becomes, hey, so good to see you. Chuka, hey. Hi. So good to see you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hi. Hello. Is it working? Yeah. I can't hear it's myself. It's working, but Hello? it's not loud yet. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Man, it's so exciting to be here today again. I mean, Hi. I remember how we started the tribe. It was very interesting, very, very interesting. From the days of um, coffee and conversation to pizza and prayer to angels. bread and bible to <laughs> salad and scriptures <laughs> it's, i mean it's, it, it was very interesting and it's been super super instrumental to our lives and what we do today i mean the tribe literally shaped us to who we are today and we're super excited about it and 
I'm in this place in my life where I actually see songs as a prayer. So when I'm singing a song, I'm actually praying the song. It's just a melody. So, and I understand how when we know who we are in God and we hold on to the truth of his promises, we actually break through. So I'm actually, we're actually going to interp- interpret that in songs and as we're celebrating our anniversary today, things are going to happen here today. Depression is going to leave this room today. Amen. Sicknesses will leave. Amen. And I just want us to just really say this prayer. Let's just say a prayer. Good morning, everybody. My name is Efe. Um, if you've seen me, you've seen Efe. I'm completely baptized in today. Completely baptized. Praise God. You know, one of the things um, that struck me as I listen to the stories is that even when we didn't get it right God has always been there we didn't cross all the T's we didn't dot all the I's but then the grace of God has always been there there's such a prophetic um, grace on this service and um, my mandate from Pastor Fedi is to show what the picture looks like for 2020 praise God when I say I'm completely baptized I mean it literally Praise God. His thoughts have become my own thoughts. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So by prayer, by intimacy, his thoughts are the thoughts I'm about to share. Praise God. Let's let's read from 2 Corinthians 6. 2 Corinthians. I will need somebody to read for me because of my own. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 11. Message translation. Message. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 11. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 11 to 13. Are we there? Is it going to come on? Okay. Who can read for me, please? I need an extra mic. Sorry, just a minute. Extra mic. Message, message translation. Okay. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you are living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. Wow. The smallness you feel really is your choice. This year is going to be a very dramatic year. Acceleration on all fronts. Most of the things you've dreamt about in terms of, I mean, your 2020 goals will be accelerated and within a quarter, those things will be fulfilled. But you need to understand that the smallness you feel comes from within. You know, generally, there's a phrase that is very popular. uh, The man in the mirror. How many of you have heard that phrase before? The man in the mirror. Or look at the man in the mirror. Or look at the woman in the mirror. Usually people use that to explain the, as a rationale for underachievement. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. So if you're failing, they'll say, okay, the person to blame is what? The man in the mirror. But from one of the things I found out is that from 2 Corinthians 
um, 3.18. The Bible talked about we beholding the glory of God. In what? As in a mirror. The man in the mirror is God's gift to us. Praise God. The man in the mirror is your union with Christ. The man you see in the mirror of the word is that man in oneness with Christ. That man who is complete in Christ. That man who is stewarding the entire estate of Christ. The man in the mirror is God's bailout to you. Praise God. The man in the mirror is not the problem. I'm talking about the mirror of the word. The man in the mirror is actually God's salvation for you. If you can see the man that God made, if you can see the version of you that is in union with Christ, the Bible says you are transformed to that what? That same image. This smallness is a function of what you see. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? The man in the mirror, according to 2 Corinthians 3.18, is a man who is actually reflecting the glory of God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? All that Christ is has been granted to that man. Let's, let's read, um, for you to understand what I'm trying to say, let's go to um, James 1, I think it's 22. James 1.22. James 1.22. James 122. Um, NKGV, sorry. NKGV, maybe. Oh, someone should read for me, please. We are going far. But be doers of the word, All right. and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Deceiving yourself. Deceiving there is paralegitimo in the Greek. It talks about acting beside yourself. When you are lying to yourself. Be doers of the word, not what? Hearers only. Deceive. Let me tell you, once you, once you don't do the word, you will start acting beside your true nature. God's, God's principle in the New Testament is called the mirror principle. As you see it, you become it. God changes us by showing us a picture. God changes us, God transforms you by showing you your true self. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, you, if you don't do what you see in the word, you act beside yourself. You deceive yourself. One of the things staying in the secret place, like already was talking about, does for you, is that the true you, you begin to fellowship with the true you, and as you fellowship with it, you are changed into what you see. Praise God. Let's move forward. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. We are going to 28, so I'm just going to take it one by one. 23, please. NKJV. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Continue. For he, he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But now, he, just a minute. If you look, in, the Bible says when you look into the mirror of the word, you're actually building your natural face. Your real identity is what you see in scripture. God alters your personality, your detail. You, you make out the details of your life by the promises and the prophecies fulfilled in Christ. That is your true identity. Now, if you go away and you don't do the word, you are like a man who has forgotten what he, what he looks like. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? What you lack in yourself has been supplied by your union with Christ. And that's why a man can boldly claim that what I am complete in him. I am complete. That, 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 that 
reality of that, that completion is only made possible as you behold the man in the mirror. The man that God made. The man that God has gifted to you. Now, if you go away and forget to do, you are like a man who has forgotten who, what manner of man he is. Let's move forward a little bit. Let's move forward. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Okay, that's, that's all I want to draw from there. So, if you look at it, the, the, the mirror is called the perfect law of liberty. The Lord of free men, not the law that makes men free. This is the law at work in those of us that are free. The perfect law of liberty. Your, let me tell you, your, your, the latitude you have for life will explode if you can see the man in the mirror. If you can see the man in the mirror. And the Bible says, if you are a doer of the work, that means seeing, beholding his work. It is hard work. Being able to hold on to the image you see against contrary expectations and against contrary odds is a lot of work. And the man who is a doer of this work is blessed in all things. All things. Let me tell you, uh, the solution to this imposter, imposter syndrome is the man in the mirror. There is no claim you can make about yourself that is stronger than the claims of Christ. That is, that is stronger than the claims Christ has made of you. The kind of bet God has placed on us is bigger than anything we can conceive. We need to rise up to the level of our privilege. We need to rise up to the level of our what? To the fullness of the stature that has been granted to us. The perfect law that governs free men. We have no inhibitions apart from those things we have accepted. What you've called your inhibitions are the things that are, that are, that are your inhibitions. God has lifted, li removed the veil. If we read the, 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 the other verse, the other parallel of this is what you see in 2 Corinthians 3, 18 that I read. He was talking about where the spirit of the Lord is. There is what? Liberty. Your inhibitions are gone. They are disabled. You live as though there are no odds. Praise God. A doer of the work is blessed. A doer of that work. Which work? Seeing. Seeing. Now, the building there in the Greek, if you translate it to the English, it's actually, it talks about perception. Perceiving or discerning. Discerning who you are. Ability to see who you are and hold on to it. Let me tell you, the work is what? Holding on to it when everything doesn't make sense. Let me tell you, this year is going to be different. Not because the year has capacity to, to be different. I've said that before. The year has no intelligence. So if you say, this is a year of fruitfulness, the year cannot bring fruitfulness. This is a year of... Um, what, what again? Enlargement. The year does not have the capacity to deliver enlargement. We get out of the year what we intend. We, are, we, 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 we bridle the year. With what? The man in the mirror. The man in the mirror. The man in the mirror is the key to the progression of this year. If anything is going to change about this year, it is that you have seen who you truly are. So this thing about union life is a staple of the, of the tribe Lagos. Of the tribe you know, in general. It's a staple. These are the, these are, this is the kind of diet we want to feed on. Our union with Christ. 
our participation with the Godhead. Our fellowship with the God kind. That is a staple. Because as you hold on to that image, you are blessed in everything. I'm going to show you somebody from the Old Testament who understood this very well. Psalm 18, please. Psalm 18, verse 35. Union produces, union as a utility. Union with God, oneness with God produces something about you know, in your life. Psalm 18, 35. You've also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has, your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. That gentleness, if you read it in the Greek, most other versions, some other versions have it like that. Your condescension has made me great. Your incarnation has made me great. God coming down to my level made me what? Great. That's union. In fact, the entire chapter, if you have time, you can read it at home. The entire chapter of Psalm 18 is about God's union and what it produces in David. Praise God. You gave me the sheet of your victory. Your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. He joined himself to me to elevate me. I don't know, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. He came down for me to go up. Let's see how this translated in the life of David. First, First Chronicles 14. First Chronicles 14, I think it's verse 2. First Chronicles 14. Let me tell you, if you read the Psalms, you see the confessions of a man who understood union. The confessions, the cogitations, the, the mentality of a man who understood union. And David knew the Lord had established him as king over Israel. That his kingdom had been highly exalted for the sake of his people Israel. Let's read another version, please. Uh, NKJV or... That new. I want, I, want to, I want you to look at what new is. No, that, okay, let's go to NKJV. NKJV. Okay. Okay, that's NKJV. Another version. Amplified, for example. And David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as what? As king. Actually, the word there is actually the same word. is the same word as behold. He perceived. He perceived. He saw it. That God has what? confirmed him as king. So his cogitation, his mentality is actually flowed with what happened to him in real life. He believed. Let me tell you, Christ had not come. But David said the condescension has happened in his own time. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say now. Christ had not come. God had not condescended yet. But David appropriated the future. The appropriation was so strong that the throne of David was established forever. Christ, in coming, in the coming of Christ, he had to, he had to sit on, his, on the throne of his word, Father David. The, the kind of covenant God made with David was what? An everlasting covenant. Because of the appreciation, the understanding of condescension and what it produces. God has joined himself to me to lift me up. He has joined himself to me to bring me to office. This year, Basically, it's about coming into your own. Sorry. It's about coming fully into your own. Rising up to the full extent of your privileges. Rising up to the full extent of your potentialities. That is what this year is all about. It's going to be fast. It's going to be big. It, the scale, the speed is, is unimaginable. Why? Because we are feeding on union. 
Praise God. The way this thing is going to translate, you will be surprised. I'm telling you. The things that used to be difficult will begin to, you know, find expression as, you know, begin to effortlessly come out of you. Things that have never worked before will be done without effort. Why? God has joined himself to us and we know about it. We've gotten the gist. We've gotten the gist. Praise God. We've gotten the gist. So, as our perception changes, the exaltation begins to manifest. It is fleshed out through your words, fleshed out through your thoughts, fleshed out through the circumstances around your life. Praise God. Praise God. It's going to be a year where you come fully into office. Fully into office. Everything God has ever spoken to you about. Watch it. Every single, I'm telling you, within the quarter, you will be amazed at how things will unravel. Because we are feeding on the, on the diet of champions. On the bread of angels. That's what we are feeding on. Praise God. It's going to be a year like no other year. This is the defining year. A, the other years will begin to find expression from this year. Begin to, you will begin to define other years from what is happening this year. Because of the kind of diet you've chosen to feed on. Praise God. Let's read Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2, 1 to 4. NKGV. Hebrews 2, 1 to 4, please. Okay. At the officers' mess, we're talking about we're feed, we're talking about kerygma and um, um, the self-impartition of God by the word, you know, on Tuesday. And we emphasized that when it comes to changes, you know, the kind of things, what God wants to do in your life, it is not really a function of your own participation, first and foremost. It starts from what you hear. The offer is coming from God. The response is coming from us. Praise God. The offer, God, God is the one that initiated. We are the ones that are responding. Praise God. And I'm telling you, the way the Bible said it is this, we must give the more earnestly to what? To the things you hear, lest you drift away. When you find yourself going around in circles, what has happened is that you've forgotten what you used to hear. What has worked for you has been has slipped out of your fingers. Verse 2. Verse 2. For if the word spoken to the mouth of angels put steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, verse 3. God, no, verse 3. How shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. The emphasis here is the salvation you are looking for, the bailout you are looking for, was spoken by the Lord. They are words. Fundamentally, what you are looking for, the bailout, are words. The words spoken by Christ. What God has altered by prophecy and by promises. That is the bailout. You can't, there's no escape. If you neglect what has been spoken. And that's why I'm saying the mirror, the mirror. The mirror is the secret. The mirror principle is the secret of the New Testament. If you can see it, it has been granted to you. There is no escape if you don't hear. It's not possible. There's nothing that can happen. God cannot do anything apart from his word. He has exalted his word above what? His name. Above his own office. Now, if you look at it, based on what is heard, 
based on what is spoken by the Lord, confirmations begin to happen. God can only confirm those who hear him. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say now. Words that have been spoken, verse 4. Verse 4. God bearing witness. Bearing witness to what? No, bearing witness to what? What is he bearing witness to? To the words. So if you're talking about signs and wonders, various miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's a function of the words you hear. The emphasis we are having now on as in the primacy of the word is for the signs and the wonders to increase. It's for the miracles to increase. We are trying to create an atmosphere of impartation. Praise God. We are trying to lay pipes, the pipes for activations. For an atmosphere, an atmosphere of faith can be created. It's under our jurisdiction. Praise God. How, what, do, what do you need to do? Words. If I don't speak about healing, no healing is going to happen. We need to be bold to go there. That's the problem with the modern day church. There are certain things that, are, that we feel uncomfortable you know, talking about. If you can't say it, it's not going to happen. Praise God. If you can't say it, it's not going to happen. If you don't hear it, it's not going to happen. So if you're praying for anything and you've not heard the words, you're just going to go around in circles. So when people are talking about unanswered prayers, <laughs> there's no such thing as unanswered prayers. The prayer power is resident in the believer. God will do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask according to the power at work in you. The doings of God is according to the power at work in us. It's according to the energy of what has been operative. What has come alive in you is what determines what God does. But really, I mean, it's not correct because really all the works have been finished. What you are able to receive, that's the correct way to say it, is a function of what has come alive in you. So when you say God bearing witness with signs and wonders, signs and wonders is a function of what you hear. Your diet. What you feed on. Miracles are a function of what you feed on. Your diet. Gift of the Holy Spirit. Descending of spirits. Seeing angels is a function of what you hear. Seeing correct angels is a function of what you hear. It's a function of what you hear. If you give voice to the word, angels must move. If you give voice to the word. That's what I'm saying. If you start from the word, you can build all kinds of experiences on top of it. So the locus of God's activity is us. This year is going to be different because we are different. This year is going to be different because our consciousness has shifted. This year is going to be different because we are now conscious of our union with the Father. When we look at the mirror, we no longer see orphans. We no longer see widows. We see one who participates with God. Praise God. It's going to be a year like no other because we have changed. Something has happened with our consciousness. So we thank God for the grace that has brought us this far. But there's some intentionality that is now required going forward. We need to come into office. We need to rise up to the fullness of the privileges and the rights that we have. We need to be emboldened about our claims. If you can't say it, nothing is going to happen, man. Nothing is going to happen. You've got to be able to put out God's word without apology. You've got to be able to share the claims of Christ without apology. Praise God. We are going to pray now. But I'm going to Psalm 18 again. Psalm 18. 
Psalm 18 verse 33. God speaks about acceleration this year for a lot of reasons. We are actually playing catch up. He makes my feet like the feet of what? He did. And set me what? On my places. He brings me into office. But to bring me into office, God is going to make me agile. He's going to make me agile like that of a deer. He's going to give me speed and acceleration. Because we are playing catch up. There are things we are doing this year that we should have done many years ago. There are things you've held on to, promises you've held on to that you've not manifested. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And we have a window for something else. And we are still carrying a lot, a lot over from yesteryears. So now we are going to pray for acceleration. Just now. Here and now, God can seal that prayer. It makes you feel like that of a deer. Speed, scale can be imparted in a moment. God can bring you into office. God can open the doors that you've knocked on over the years and without them opening. In the took over now, you can be changed. It's the perfect law of liberty. If you see it, it can happen almost immediately. He confirms his word with signs and wonders, diverse miracles, with the gift of the spirits. All it takes is for us to see the man in the mirror. The man God, on whom God has vested authority. The man of providence. The man of privilege. The man of prophecy. The man of promise. It makes you feel like that of a day. Go ahead and pray. Just one prayer point. Acceleration. Speed. A restoration of your years. A shortening of the time. A dramatic turnaround. Come on. Oh, press, press, press this morning and pray for it. Acceleration, acceleration, acceleration. God makes you agile this morning. The Father makes you agile this morning. Lost opportunities are restored, lost advantages are restored. Go ahead and press this one. The Father restores your yes. name we pray we are still praying about acceleration and agility what you want what you have to notice about Paul's prayers is that Paul used consciousness words in his prayers so that the highs of our understanding might what 
be enlightened by be flooded with light if you have light you can make out the details of your life our imagination has our imagination has to be converted your your consciousness has to be formatted your conscience has to be educated that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened we may be able to know the know there is idol to be aware he used the word awareness it has always been there gentlemen and ladies all these advantages has always been there the answer to your prayer is just lying inside you but we need to know we need to see because as we see we become as we see we become what we see so you're going to pray whatever is required for the agility whatever is required for the acceleration the opening of the eyes Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you flood our eyes with your light in the name of Jesus. Help us see the man and the woman in the mirror clearly. The man on whom you have vested authority. The man on whom you vested power. The man stewarding your estate. The man that you've made complete in all things. The man of grace, the man of promise, the man of prophecy, the man of privilege, the man of providence. Open our eyes to see this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you because your self-impartation has made us great. By inexplicable means, you brought us into office. All grace, all grace abounds. All grace all grace abounds we have all sufficiency in all things in the name of jesus the harvest of five years have manifested in one year the harvest of ten years have manifested in one year lost advantages are restored right now in the name of jesus lost opportunities are restored right now in the name of jesus by your spirit we come into office by your spirit we rise up to our privileges in the name of the lord jesus thank you father because things are growing of their own accord in our lives for that person that is contained it's been difficult you've tried all you know to do god makes a way right now in the name of the lord jesus there is a way made right now for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. The crooked paths are made straight. The mountains are brought low. The valleys are filled. The glory of the Lord shall be seen upon you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you are giving your people a new reputation. A reputation of good fortunes in the name of Jesus. You exalt us today. You put your brilliance on display through our lives. You put your beauty on display through our lives. You put your wealth on display through our lives. You put your glory on display through our lives. You put your honor on display through our lives. For those who are weak, Father, you have strengthened them. That confusion is gone right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for breakthroughs. Oh, we thank you. We give you praise. 
And as we move on in the year, we thank you because you've accelerated all our steps, all our plans, and you've brought you've established us in all your truth and grace in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Guys, um, let's be seated for a second. So uh, we'll take our offering now, please. Just put together. Um, the presence of God is really strong here today, guys. And I need you to open up your expectations, open up your hearts to what God can do for you. Um, the next 30 minutes, we're going to, I don't know where God is going to take us. If we pray, pray. If we worship intensely, do. But uh, for us, a seed is more than just um, a moment in the service where we just take an offering. For us, it's an expression of worship. And um, it's also an at a, gratitude, a moment of gratitude to thank God that we have. And it's also an expression of our love for him to give. More importantly, at the tribe here, we are a growing church with growing pains. We've been trying to get a bigger space for a while now against all odds, right? Um, but we want you to join us in prayer. The gift of God from us this season should be a better space that can accommodate. People standing is not part of our plan. We care that people are not well seated and places getting really too tight for what we're doing. Um, God is bringing more of his sons and his daughters to express his love. And we have we cannot stop that. It will keep growing, right? So we will join, our, join us in prayer and in faith as we stand. Um, I'll invite um, Tribe United, right? As we take the offering yeah, from Abuja, Tribe United from Abuja. When is this album coming out? They have an amazing album, Pastor Jesse. Well, we have all sufficiency in the Father. We should have the big brother talk after that. Tribe Lagos, we should step up on this thing. We need to get this album out. All right. Um, Father, we thank you for the seed in our hands. It's an honor and a privilege to serve and to give and to be part of what you're doing here at the tribe and in the city of Lagos. We thank you that as we give this, this seed, we'll always have bread in the house. Thank you because we know that you will bless the works of our hands and will be a blessing to the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Just can we put your hands together for Pastor Freddie? Um, and then please, can we celebrate somebody here? Her name is Eva. Her name is Eva. She's the... See, I'm very... I don't say things loosely, but I'm a fan of Eva. So put your hands together for Eva. Like, Eva and Yusuf. We love you. We, lo we, I, we love you. We love you. Now, there's pressure. There's pressure, there's pressure, there's pressure. Amen. Praise the Lord. Account number. Oh, sorry. There's Praise. an account number, please. You must give today. You, you give cash. You give your stuff. Put the account number, please. And check the envelopes. We have um, the numbers on the envelopes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The psalmist says that at the sight of God are pleasures forevermore. What are you chasing that you cannot find in God? Every other thing is a counterfeit. Ambition, sex, pleasure, riches. It will never satisfy you. So all over the room, I don't know if you've been born again for 50 years or you, you just got born again now 
we are just going to pray a prayer of rededication saying lord i offer you my mind my body and soul lord i am yours fill me with yourself in jesus name we pray in jesus name we pray father thank you father you said when we hunger and thirst that you will fill us with yourself you said you will fill us with your fullness we bless your name lord i pray that everything that we chase it is not of you take it away in the mighty name of jesus thank you for what you've done what you're doing and what you will do for in jesus mighty name we pray in jesus name we pray can you just encourage the person beside you and just tell them welcome to church and just bless them amen Hallelujah. Can you give it up for Tribe United? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hi, my name is Jesse Nenrod Dan Yusuf, and I am the lead pastor of the Tribe Abuja. Please, I want to honor two people, Pastor Fedi and Pastor Lily Adimefe. Please, can you just appreciate them? Do you know, sometimes I look at what's happening and I'm just, I'm so honored to be a part of the story God is telling. And thank you, sir, for obeying God. Why is my voice shaking? <clears throat> hard guy, hard guy, hard guy. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> I was like crying Lagos. <laughs> Woo. Okay, it's the air conditioning. Yeah. But um, God bless you so much. Um, I also want to appreciate some people here. Um, can you, our, our creative pastor is here, Pastor Peter Indrapaya. Can you just say hi? Then Matthias and Michael, where are they? From Tribe United. Then please, can you appreciate my wife? Amen. If not for people like Lily and Eva, there's no way we would have been doing this work well. So help us be thanking them on our behalf as well. Um, can we open to 2 Timothy 2? I'll just read very quickly because I don't have much time and I just want to encourage us. 2 Timothy 2 verse 20. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he'll be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to read um, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And I'm going to read the Passion Translation. It says, But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings. Amen. A spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you, you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Hallelujah. If I'm going to title this, I'm going to title it The Church in the Wild. We've been going through a series in the tribe and we're ending the series um, today. Um, one of our 
leaders um philip is actually leading a topic right now called the church and prayed earnestly where inspired by acts 12 where the church was praying for um apostle peter when he was um, in prison but last week we did this title called the church in the wild where inspired by matthew 10 16 where jesus said that i'm sending you as sheep <laughs> amongst wolves so be as wise as serpents and gentle as doves like isn't jesus amazing I'm sending you a sheep among you. How many of us have seen sheep? They are dumbest animals and vulnerable. That's why they need shepherds. Then the Lord is saying, I'm sending you a sheep amongst wolves. You know, the church sometimes, we've done this thing where we have, we've received light. We have the Holy Spirit now. We're enjoying this. And we think that's all there is to it. We just gather as light and as salt and we just stay in one place. Meanwhile, the Lord has said you should go into the world. Our theme for the year, our vision for the year is what? Go. The tribe, it's not a word for the season. It is for our entire lives. Amen. It is who we are. It is not a word for 2020. He says, go into the world. The Old Testament, the Lord will say, come out of them, let me cleanse you. But in the New Covenant, the New Testament, the Lord said, come out of them, let me cleanse you so you can go back in. Because we think that if we interact with the world, they will stain my white. They will stain my righteousness. What good is our righteousness? Of, what good is the righteousness of God if it can be taken away? The Lord says we should go in. And some of us, we are just, no, the world, they'll stay my white. I'm too good for them. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is for everybody. The passage we read, 2 Timothy 2 verse 20, he says, In a man's house, there are vessels of, um, there are different kinds of vessels. Gold, silver, clay. He says, some are for honorable use, some are for dishonorable. Then any man who cleanses himself will be what? Used for honorable use. Did he say it's the clay one that will be used for dishonorable use? He says the gold one that will be used for just honorable use. He says, any vessel that cleanses himself will be used for what? This, I mean, honorable use. Hallelujah. The grace of God is upon you. His anointing is upon you. So we can go so that we can represent him. So we've been talking about union life here. See, trust me, I'm part of like Fedi called. I called to check on him. But I'm one of the first persons he practices his sermons on. And so I know a lot about union life. You understand? But now that we've known this, we've been, you guys have been on this journey. Fedi has been teaching about union life. It's not just for you. It's so you can tell other people. We are supposed to be a kind of the Samaritan woman where we run into the world and say, come and see the man that has told me everything about myself. And oftentimes we just wait and think you must attain. You need a microphone. You need to be able to sing like this. No, go in, tell your testimony. This is what Jesus has done for me. I think you can have the same experience. Hallelujah. 
Paul now says in Corinthians that the grace of God was upon him so much that he did so much work that all the apostles combined. He said the grace of God in him was not in vain. In other words, he was saying, I was not a disgrace. Tell your neighbor, you will not be a disgrace. I'm, I can't hear you. Tell your neighbor, you won't be a disgrace. And in 2 Timothy 2, where Paul was saying that some are used for honorable use and some are used for dishonorable use, he was basically telling um, Timothy that don't be useless. Tell your neighbor, don't be useless. If No, see, tell them like your African dad or your African mother will tell you. Don't be a waste. Don't be a waste. See, some of you, are, I, I can see the way you're looking at me. Like, what is this guy saying? The Lord is, if you're, I'm talking about you. You will not live a useless life. Because you will submit yourself so that the Lord will cleanse you. So you can be used for honorable work. Jesus is for everybody. He's for your neighbor. He's for your gate man. He's for your boss. He's for your landlord that you are dodging. Jesus is for everybody. As we go into the year, see, the Lord has anointed us. See, the journey of um, Abraham, pardon me, Moses. Moses ran away from Egypt. The Lord called him, anointed him, and told him to go back to Egypt. To do what? To save people. In Jude 23, Jude says that we should pull people out of hell. Hallelujah. We should come to church and this place smells like smoke. Because during the week, we've been in hell pulling people out. Do you understand? So you're like, ah, what perfume is this? It's smoke. Uh, smoke, smoke by. Amen. The Lord will use his giftings that he has given you your experience and his anointing. That's the thing I want to leave you with, that you are anointed. Yeah. Hallelujah. What does anointing do? It gives you authority. It gives you power. It qualifies you. Jesus in Luke 4 says that the Spirit of the Lord, he was quoting Isaiah 60, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bring healing. Then he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your here. The tribe, this day, Isaiah 60 is fulfilled in our hearing. The spirit of the Lord is upon us to go. We have authority. We have power. He has qualified us. You don't need to sound like Freddy. You don't need to sound like Jesse. All you need to do is to be able to present your testimony. To be a witness. Because that's what it is. Acts 1.8. The, the apostle said, Lord, is it at this, um, um, when are you going to restore the kingdom back to us? And Jesus was like, that is not of your, that's none of your business. But the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you so that you can what? Be my witnesses. Sometimes we get so caught up in theology and doctrine and church bureaucracy. And we stand between um, Jesus and people he's supposed to reach. But there is no other mediator except who? Jesus, Christ Jesus. Your pastor is not be your mediator between God and people. 
It is Jesus. Amen. The tribe say we have work to do. As much as we're enjoying this beautiful community, there are people that don't know what we know, that don't have what we have. And we don't have to be perfect because there's no perfect church. Ravi says that the day you find a perfect church and you join it, you make it imperfect. But we are called to build a healthy church. So, and that, that's work. Every day. Amen. The tribe, can we make a decision that on an individual level and a corporate level, as a family, that we're going to try and populate heaven. I honestly don't care about how many people fill the room. But we, know, we need to know that we have work to do, that we are co-laborers, co-partnering with God on this mission of bringing people back, back to him, calling lost sons and daughters back to him. See, he was telling his disciples um, that I'm sent that, um, he was telling, I think the Pharisees, pardon me, that I have, okay, I think it was the Pharisees in John 10, where he talked about, I'm the door of the sheep and I'm the good shepherd. He now said, look, I have sheep that have not of this flock. That's one set of people that we need to reach. Those are the Gentiles. Then there's another set where he said, he's sending the disciples to the lost sheep of Israel. There are people in the church that mourn in Zion that are lost. We need to reach both. And I know so many of us here who have come from other churches who have been hurt by the church. Let me also say something. I want to put a disclaimer. The tribe may hurt you too. I'm not prophesying. We are people. Amen. But we may, I mean, we have to constantly come back and ask the great physician to heal our hearts. Sometimes when we ask God for healing, what we are asking for is a misuse when you need a surgeon. And a surgeon is supposed to hurt you to heal you. So the Lord may separate you from people, from spaces, may ask you to do things you're not supposed to do because there's a calling on your life. Every one of us seated here, the Lord is in need of you. You have work to do. Please don't get caught up in Lagos. And all that is happening. There's work. Hallelujah. Let us populate heaven. Are we going to are we going to be useful for Christ? Amen. Let us not disgrace God. Let us not be useless. Hallelujah. It's for every person. It's not for the leaders. It's not for the. It's for every one of us. We have work to do. We are called to go, where, into the world. See, to prove to prove um, that Jesus was saying um, um, the, the the thing I was saying about he calls us out, cleanses us, and tells us to go back in. You know, he was praying for his disciples in John 17, and he says that I'm not praying that he was talking to God. I'm not praying that you take them out of the world. I'm praying that you keep them. He said they are clean already because of the word I've spoken about them. Amen. So some of us, especially newborn again or whatever, we don't, it could be new, it could be old believers. Like don't, we tiptoe around people because we feel we will lose our salvation, our righteousness. 
It is not your own. Sorry, sir. Bishop has told me time. So, that's the second to my last conclusion. <laughs> the tribe, can we rise, please? See, we are not going to wait for a move of God. We are the move of God. Yes. Amen. We are going to sing the bridge of um, the song we just sang. We are ready for a move. And I want you to know that you have the anointing of God. And because of that, he has authorized you. He has qualified you. Amen. Some of us are going to be like Samaritan woman just running into the village. And saying, come and see the man that has told me everything about myself. Come and see the man that has fed me. Come and see the man that has clothed me. Come and see the man that has taken away my guilt and shame. Hallelujah. The tribe, can we just raise our hands and submit ourselves? You know, it sounds funny, but I just want you to say, Lord, I'm not going to misuse your grace. I'm not going to be useless. I'm going to be a vessel unto honor. Every part of my life, I'm submitting it to you today. I recognize your hand upon me. I recognize your oil, your spirit upon me. That as we go into the wild, that we are going to pull people from hell. So Father, I pray for these ones. I pray, Father, that your spirit rests on them. That will be your witnesses. We will move with boldness, with power, with authority. With speed, we will move at your momentum. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Abba. Let your love invade every space. Thank you because we are no longer lost without you. We are now found in you. These are testimony that every empty space you have filled, that we have come to realize that there is no more separation. There is no distance. You have invaded every distance. We have found more in you. We found all in you. We are deeply, truly satisfied with you. These are testimony. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, just keep standing. We want to wrap up in five minutes, right? We're closing. We're out of time. But we have quick, um, quick announcement to just run. And then please bring the cake. There's an anniversary cake to cut. And please get a piece of the cake before you go. Because um, uh, on the announcement, please, if you're a first-timer, you will meet um, right here. This is where we host you. Trust me, there is, an, uh, there is a good reception waiting for you. Um, if you're in the officer's mess and you're part of the 300, plug in. Tuesday, we continue as you come into office. Thursdays are midweek, right? Um, this Thursday, we are bas basically trying to sort out the love complications of life. So we, we, we are dialing into what women want and what men want, but bringing union into it. So um, I, I'm sure God will resolve the issues of your relationship even as you show up. You know, sometimes it's only one wisdom key you need. And all the emotional trauma will just fizzle. And you can love for real. So Thursdays, tell your friends, those going through complications of love, that the answers have come this Thursday. Right? Um, I saw this post. Somebody was saying, if nobody's buying you a Valentine gift, there is self-love. Date yourself. And there, is a, there was a gift well put together for 15k and says self-love now. And I thought this was innovative. Alright, but for us, Valentine is not a one-day affair. We live in Valentine. We live in the love. We live in the love life. Right? So I know the world is getting obsessed. My girlfriend is saying, What do you have for me? 
Alright? Let's, let's balance that out. So the kek is here. Um, I'd like to invite a few of our guys um, to, to join us as we cut the cake. Um, Jesse, Eva, Lily, Foy, please. Can we, if I, um, I don't know how we're going to do this, but... Yeah, please. Come on, come on. Hey, Chacha, please come. Um, if I join us, please. Saint? Where is... Um, hello? Come on board, please. Um... Peter, please come, come. All right, so um, we are going to um, it's it's our third anniversary, so we we'll say one, two, three, and we cut. All right, one, two, three, and go. All right, shall we? All right. Yeah, put your hand, put your hand, everyone. Baby Swallow, you're going to observe the cutting of the cake as they do. If they cut as one. It's a union cutting. Alright. One, two, three, go. Thank you, guys. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.